spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 126th Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast. Your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad. Um, I I feel like I I kind of just want to pull the bandaid off right now. Um, what is the city of Phoenix saying about the Vikings curse that lives on with the missed 37 year <laughs> yard field goal? That is the most Vikings way to lose. Like, literally, when they're lining up, in my head, I'm like, he's going to fucking miss it because the Vikings <laughs> kickers are cursed. Yeah, it was, uh, everyone was pretty happy about the win, you know, pretty surprised. Everyone, I, I'm thinking that everyone thought that while the game was going on, at the end, they thought that we were going to lose. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, people were pretty surprised that we won. Uh, we got a good team this year, it looks like. So hopefully we can, you know, maybe make the playoffs. Got to beat the Rams, you know, got to gotta beat the people we need to beat. But, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a crazy ending of that game. I did not see that one coming. But I have not been uh, – I don't have the, the, you know, the battered fan syndrome quite like you have with the Vikings. Yeah, so. the good news is – so this is interesting because uh, Kirk Cousins all of a sudden is playing really good. He never plays good in the beginning of the year. I don't know why. Um, and then, like, but I feel like at the end of the year, unfortunately, they're probably going to fire the coach, who I really like. They're going to fire the GM, probably, because he hasn't made a good draft pick in quite a long time. And if they get rid of them, too, you got to get rid of Kirk Cousins. Yes. Getting to that point where it's almost going to be, like, the hit that you're going to from firing him won't be as bad as keeping him around. So you're you're going to reach that tipping point eventually where, okay, he doesn't have enough guaranteed money for us to keep him around anymore, that kind of situation. Here's a uh, final thing before we move on here. Is the state of Arizona convinced the Cardinals are a good team this year? Well, according to the radio, they are. I do see quite a bit of Arizona Cardinals uh Arrow being worn around, not quite like during the Suns playoff run, not that much, but I have seen quite a bit more Cardinals um, kind of shit being thrown around than I did at the end of the season last year when Cardinals were on that, uh, that losing streak that they had towards the end there. But yeah, I think everyone's pretty excited about, we had, uh, you know, good draft picks this year. We got some good, uh, good veteran players. So I think it's going to be pretty good. See, uh, I've I've been convinced. I really like Kyler Murray. I think the coach is kind of shit. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of him. And I think they're gonna definitely make the playoffs. And I think that defense is gonna let you down. That is my prediction. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's, defense uh, is not very. Kyler good. Murray, he's killing it 
but yeah, we just we just let the other team score too much. Yeah. But I did want to say, so I had a quick story. All right, let's hear it. Tell. So I went to the bars this past weekend, and they've been opening up more and more, obviously, uh, since, you know, past few months. Uh, pretty much the bar that I've been going to during COVID when, you know, they had restrictions on the number of people who could go there, all of the other bars around it were closed down. It was kind of like the the happening place, like the, you know, the clean, decent looking people were actually going to this bar. I went to that same bar after about a month absence this past Friday night, and it looked like a methadone clinic. <laughs> uh, fucking, <laughs> it was fucking bad. It just, I could not believe it. I don't know where the fuck these people came from. Uh, one of those situations where you go to Walmart at two o'clock in the morning and it's that people of Walmart, but it's the scary like horror movie kind of people of Walmart episodes. It looked like that. Okay. So like, are you, are you saying like the, I don't think the culture is the right word for this, but like the patrons, the average types of patrons, the bar was pulling in has experienced a drastic shift into um, a different type of what sounds to be a uh, more professional drinking type of crowd or drug user type of crowd <laughs> too. There was uh there was this chick who looked like she was about one missed paycheck away from being completely homeless, walking around, just asking everyone if they had weed, just Seriously. every single table, you know, and I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm an older dude. I'm in my mid thirties. I've got, you know, like really short hair, you know, kind of clean cut beard. I look like I could be an undercover cop, like trying to fit in. And she just walked up to me and just asked me like, do you have marijuana? She said it like that too. She didn't even say weed. She said, do you have marijuana? And I was like, I looked at her and I was like, no, I don't. Isn't so, it legal uh, there now? She fucking turns around to the person. It is. But you, it's not legal to, you know, try to score it off of other people still. You got to, <laughs> you can't, you, you can't get... be like buying it off of someone in a fucking bar. Which she was probably not even trying, now that I think about it, she probably wasn't even trying to buy it. Probably just trying to get it for free. How Actually, long... from the looks of her, that makes more sense. Okay, serious question though. So, obviously, some bars, uh, depend you know, depending on the bar, would sell cigarettes at said bar. Of course, they'd be like three times markup. How long yes. before they start selling like a a pack of weed you can buy in a bar? Ooh, that's a good question. If the bar had a license, the problem is with the recreation. Um, the state of Arizona allows like the selling for recreational use. The problem is all of the cities inside of like the, you know, the Phoenix metro area really have like tampered down the amount that you can have. So even though you're allowed to buy it, the amount that you're allowed to have on you, according to like the city of Gilbert and Mesa, I think is really, really low. So okay. I don't know if you can smoke it like openly either. I don't think it's like Denver. Denver, you can just fucking whatever, whatever, you know, but here <laughs> I don't think so. You know what's interesting? Uh, real quick here, little uh, topic shift before we get in the episode. So I was watching this on Amazon Prime. You can watch the first episode free. It is a Showtime show called a uh, UFO, directed by J.J. Abrams. 
Um, okay. it's, it, it's quite good, actually. I really enjoyed it. Now, the interesting thing is the first episode is about the Phoenix Lights, um, like okay. really in-depth about the Phoenix Lights. And it, it, I don't know Phoenix that well, but you've talked about uh, Gilbert and all of that shit, right? And like yes. they're t- they're showing like the trajectory of where the lights are moving and stuff like that. And you know, you I saw all the towns on there. Um, man, that would be. It's too bad you weren't there. There was so, like it sounded like most of the city saw these fucking lights. Yes, yeah, it was. Uh, so it basically cut a swath northwest to southeast and went over like the major like the pop like. Okay, so I kind of told you about this before. Basically. Like all of the valley, all of the cities in Phoenix that like are um, like adjacent or next to Phoenix are basically there is no space. It's not like Minneapolis-St. Paul. There's no space between these cities. It's just they, you know, the the city of Gilbert like basically hits the city of Mesa, which hits Tempe, which hits Phoenix, which hits the other ones, you know, Scottsdale. So there's people like just like living right next to each other and like. I don't know at that time. I think now there's about maybe 4 million people living in the Phoenix metro area. And that UFO, if it if it came across today and like on the same path, there would be probably millions of people who could actually see it. Yeah. If everyone happened to be outside, which I mean, fuck, all it would need is one fucking what like Facebook group, Instagram, something to go, you know, get posted on one of those sites and all of a sudden like everyone in Phoenix would see that, you know, something's in the sky right now. Go outside and look. That would right. be crazy. Internet right. age UFO. Dude, dude, it's, uh, I would recommend anybody out there uh, go ahead and, and uh, check that out if you want free on Amazon Prime, the first episode. I'm actually literally, because it's like a four or five part series. Um, I, I was almost like, man, it might be worth a free trial to Showtime or something just to watch all of them. Because it's uh, I oh, love I love so UFO a, stuff. So it's a Showtime thing. You just get yep. a free little free you little preview, free preview of the first episode, basically. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, are you uh, now? We're pretty thick in the weeds here. Are you ready to uh, get into this week's episode, Phil? Yeah. Let's get it. All right. Here we go. The idea for this week's episode all began when I was reading some of the hysterical anti-vax propaganda that is ever so present all over the internet, particularly on social media. Everyone has heard rumors ranging from the vaccine has microchips in it to it will alter your DNA so you then won't be allowed into heaven, things like that. But the subject I'm breaching today, and this became kind of a joke with uh, one of my coworkers. I'm going to say shout out Jen. I told her I would do that, um, is... We joke about the vaccine turning people into zombies, right? Uh, We all know zombies. Now, that's going to kind of be our topic today, zombies, Phil. Are you, how how would you feel, we're going to be talking about zombies in kind of Western culture, but um, are you a zombie fan? Do you like zombie games? Do you like zombie movies? What are you you feeling about them? I really did like that Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. That was a great that was a great zombie game uh there's Dude. also the one where you make the weapons um you have the you you can make a car you can make weapons uh dead rising 
Yep, that's a good one too. That's a fun ass game. Yeah. Yeah, those uh those zombie games, not as much Dead Rising, but just just the horror movie aspect, like the feeling that you get with Left 4 Dead. And whenever you come across the witch, uh that was the crazy part. Um no. so- yeah, I mean, I like it. It's the thing is, it seems that the culture kind of goes um in different stages you know like sometimes zombies are popular sometimes vampires are popular then you know there's like werewolf ghosts that kind of deal it seems like if there's a big franchise that comes out um like the what was that goddamn movie when the twilight movies came out it seems like that like hit right when like the vampire you know all these vampire movies and stuff were coming out and then there's been zombie movies that have come out which kind of sparked now zombies are in all of the horror movies. Right. Deal. Now, uh, funny thing, actually. So Left 4 Dead, people probably don't know, but you and I used to play split screen. We used to play the shit yes. out of that when you were living here. Um, interesting. They never made a third one. I, I don't know why, but there is a game called, I think it's Back for Blood or something like that coming out in the first week of October. Uh, very... Very Left 4 Dead-ish. I, I think I might have to splurge, spend the whatever, 40 bucks and buy it. Uh, looks pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those games are just great just because uh, it's almost like that first Halo yeah. when you would fight the flood and you just yep. have enemies all around you. And it's not as much strategy as it is just trying to like hit and run, just kill, survive. Kill everything to- in sight. Yeah, trying to kill everything in sight, survive the horde. So those are really good games. But yeah, zombies, um, it's interesting kind of how it's just, it, it's one of those things where it's a horror movie, the paranormal aspect to it, like a vampire. You wouldn't really think that like vampires could be real. Then there's like the mummy or, you know, werewolves. Zombies do feel like they could be real. It's the right. odd thing. Right, and that's kind of... Uh... Our main focus this week, I have a crazy fucking story um, about a man, a man in particular, who claims to be a zombie. So, um, I think we'll probably talk about it more at the end, but are are you more in the camp if zombieism really exists in the real world? It would be more of a... Um, I am legend type of thing where they're like almost rabied or I guess that's 28 days later. Uh, have you seen that movie? Oh yeah, definitely. I've seen that. Um, I've seen that in 28 weeks later. I'm more in the camp of, uh, yeah, I would say that's good. I like the, the, like a form of rabies that kind of, you know, um, nukes the brain pretty much i also kind of like it's it's way faker not fake i shouldn't say that it's way more unrealistic but the voodoo um zombieism in the the voodoo right i like that well i guess what we're talking about today phil zombies Zombies in the voodoo um yeah yeah zombies like phil said this is like really particular in the western world is like a very very big phenomena, um, kind of the the granddaddy of bringing zombies to light was the movie Night of the Living Dead that was released in 1960. Um, that really kind of laid the foundation for the kind of the zombie phenomena. 
Uh, George Romero, you've probably heard of him before. Very, very famous. And then he made Dawn of the Dead. Um, I love Dawn of the Dead, or the original and the new one. Very cool. Basically a post-apocalyptic world. Have you watched The Walking Dead, Phil? Yes, I have. Uh, different episodes in the in the seasons, I have watched them. Yeah, so that's obviously when The Walking Dead was kind of at its height. That was like the fucking top tier popularity zombie show, I would say. Like The Walking Dead, in my opinion, really kicked off the like kind of hysteria with with zombie stuff. Yeah, that was a great show. They did uh, keep putting it on for a little too long. They yeah. probably should have ended yeah. it with Rick's death and the capture of like the big bad guy. I mean, it was. Um, well, they always it, after, capture the big bad guy. What's that? They always like rotate capturing the big bad guy. Yeah. Um, it's I'm trying to remember what his name was. Negan. Uh, probably started, Negan. Yeah. yeah. Once they caught Negan. And I realized that there was more comic book, like more source material to use, but it felt like that was the end of the show. You know, yeah. that would have been a good end point uh, to to end the show right there. So, best episode ever is when Carl's dying. Yes, he's fucking, that is he's uh, fucking that's a fan annoying. favorite. Yeah, he's so fucking annoying. Oh my god, God, he's annoying. But uh, the like we mentioned. One of the things that I've really noticed, and I'll be curious if you've kind of either seen people like this or or people have talked about it, is you have things like The Walking Dead or Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead where like the whole world is overrun with zombies. And then you kind of have this hero or this posse of heroes who are always surviving and always fending off the fucking zombies and I definitely have met people who view themselves as the <laughs> ultimate badass, like ultimate survival uh, survivor during a zombie apocalypse. I've even seen people with fucking patches on their jacket that's like zombie response squad. Or I've seen on their vehicle that's like zombie response vehicle or some shit like that. Have you experienced kind of that interesting um like counterculture with zombies. Yeah. Um, you can tell who they're going to be because they just look like the people who are immediately going to shit their pants, turn and run, and then probably get, you know, run straight into a zombie horde. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they're living a dream. It's not going to be them. You know, it's not going to be them. <laughs> like basically the, the people who it's going to be, aren't going to be expecting it, but they'll be the ones who pick up their guns and their, their equipment and then, you know, um, die eventually. Basically it's a die eventually thing. The only way you could survive it is if you happen to be on a secluded Island when it does happen. And hopefully the zombies can't swim or, yeah. or walk underwater. That situation. If, if, if large bodies of water are a barrier to zombies, then those are the people who are going to, you know, come out alive after the zombies starve to death, maybe, you know, you know or the, whatever their death is. They're, they're like Phil said, um, maybe you'll agree with me. There's a lot more, I think his name's Eugene, the guy with the mullet. There's a lot more of those types of people who who probably just die than there are of like Ricks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's like, 
the Rick character basically in that world even is, you know, well, he's surrounded by other Rick eventually. Yeah. Uh, the woman that he marries is also kind of like a, with a samurai sword. Oh, She's also yeah. kind of like of that tier. And then you, it's almost the funny thing about that show is it's almost like a tournament of all of these characters. And then eventually one by one, they're all just getting picked off, picked off. And it's like the weaker and weaker and weaker until you just have like the main tier. Yeah. You know, yeah. that sort of situation. Right. So with that kind of out of the way, this is kind of, um, it, that stuff doesn't necessarily really have anything to do with the main guy we're talking about, but I think that is kind of one of the, I wouldn't even say people's fantasies about zombies, um, but uh, I, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's like people's thoughts are like, man, if the world was like that, I'd be the king of the fucking village or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But anyway... Uh, most of the research that I did, because I knew there were certainly, like, cases where where people are like, man, they're acting like a zombie, you know, typical thing. Cannibalism, uh, eating the face, acting like a mindless creature, kind of, uh, things like average, that. Average Floridian, yes. basically. Just your standard it, Florida person. I know you're being sarcastic, but let's be real. It usually is... It seems to be people in Florida. A lot of the, like, cases that I found for zombieism is literally people who are fucked up on drugs. And they're just yes. out of their mind. And they attack people or try to bite them, meet their face. Uh, shit like that. There, There's a lot of that. Obviously, that's not exactly the type of zombie thing we're looking for. But what I did find was a fascinating story... Um, of a Haitian man by the name of Clairvius Narcisse. Um, have you ever heard of this guy? No, I haven't. Okay, so like you said, you like the voodoo zombies? That is yes. 100% what this guy kind of, um, uh, his whole story is. Now, the the interesting thing about zombies, or like the word zombie itself it's deeply rooted in Haitian folklore. And this will actually, you remember your dictator episode. I'm hoping you can kind of help me with some of the, uh, how kind of the, what would it be? The religious practices in West Africa were brought to Haiti because they were brought there as slaves, correct? Yes. So that's kind of how this whole thing kind of ended up in Haiti. But the word originally originates originates in West Africa, they would say, um, like, I don't know if this is pronounced Nzambi or if it's the N silent, N-Z-A-M-B-I, or Zumbi or Nzumbi. Now, the interesting thing is, originally, that translates to a ghost, a revenant, which is basically a ghost, or a cop- or corpse, that still has its soul, essentially. So it's kind of interesting to me how they're more or less originally it was it wasn't necessarily a walking corpse. It was more of like a ghost thing, you know what I'm saying? Like a spirit. Like a trapped spirit yeah. in a dead body. Right. Or a trapped spirit in this plane. I, right. can, I can see that. 
Right. So that's kind of where what I find interesting about that. Um, and then kind of after the West Africans were in Haiti, then they kind of incorporated with the French. And then that's where the word zombie or uh, in Haitian Creole, it's zombie, Z-O-N-B-I. So apparently you would have heard it either way there. Obviously here it, we call it zombie, but this is where it all kind of starts from. And the zombie folklore is heavily intertwined with the voodoo religion. Effectively, according to their religion, um, a dead person is revived by a necromancer. We can actually use this word, and <laughs> it's actually official. A necromancer called a bakor. Uh, and once they revive the corpse, it becomes completely subservient to the bakor. And that resurrected corpse has no free will of its own. So it's kind of, um, what do they call it? What's like the, when Dracula can do this to that one guy? Do you know what I'm talking about? Ooh, not really a charm. Not really charm them. Um, almost like a hypnosis. Kind of right. like. He's kind of, you're kind of uh, like, a- you have to listen to whatever your master, I guess, says. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like, um, like Dracula had that one guy. I can't remember what, like his ghoul. That's kind of what he called it. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what you call it when you um, completely overtake someone's like personality. Like, I mean, it's yeah. I'm not really sure what that word's called. The 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 interesting thing and in, and the other thing I've I've kind of been reading about. The Haitian voodoo is, especially with a resurrected corpse like a uh, like a zombie, is it's it's a person whose soul is kind of like trapped in the body, their body, but they don't have any control over themselves. So it's uh, one of the guys we'll kind of talk about who did a lot of research here is he kind of describes it as your soul's kind of caught in a purgatory. So being a zombie is kind of considered a very bad thing in the voodoo religion. I suppose that kind of makes sense. Nobody really wants to be a zombie, right? Oh, yeah. Well, in all the movies, everyone would rather, you know, (laughs) whenever they're turning into a zombie, they usually beg for a bullet in their head. Yeah. So I can imagine that. Yeah. So (laughs) the thing about a lot of those like West African religions, uh, when they, you know, were brought over as slaves or, you know, forced to come over as slaves and brought to the new world, so a lot of their religion, they ended up kind of mixing it with Christianity so that they could still practice their own religion under the cover of Christianity. Right. So a lot of their gods or spirits, they would then kind of push on to um, like the apostles or the saints and kind of be like, oh, no, I'm not worshiping this, you know, this God. I'm worshiping Peter or some other fucking Bible person. Right. You know. Uh, so I can see how a lot of their practices, like the words crossed over. It's almost like when, whenever like a word is transferred over, the person who speaks a different language hears it phonetically and then kind of writes it down as if they're trying to put it into their own letters. Mm-hmm. So I can see how zone B, if you said it with a certain accent, would sound like zombie. Yeah. to, you know, an English-speaking person. Well, if anybody's heard, like, a the Cre- Creole accent, it's quite uh, 
quite hard to understand sometimes. Yeah, it does sound like they're chewing on old uh, old drill bits when they're saying <laughs> some of their words. But if anybody's watched X Men, the... old Gambit. Oh yeah. All right, Phil, are you ready to finally get into the fascinating tale of Clairvius? Yes. All right. So we all this entire story and that revolves around his death and apparent resurrection all begins in a place where people go to generally not die a hospital. So sometime in the year 1962, Clervius started to feel a bit ill. His main symptoms included a high fever and body aches, which generally aren't a death sentence, but they were bad enough for Clervius to decide, hey, I better go to the hospital and get checked out. So he would check into the Albert Schwitzer uh, Hospital in the Harinas in Haiti. Uh, Clervius was attended to by two different physicians, one of which was an American and the other who was a doctor who was trained in America. Now, they would diagnose him with having hypotension, which means low blood pressure. Uh, He had respiratory disorders, pulmonary edema, which is fluid in the lungs, and a few other random assortment of ailments. So, our boy Clairvius, not doing so hot right now, Phil. No. I mean, if it happened in 2020, they would say he had COVID, obviously. <laughs> Just, you know. A lot of uh, the same put symptoms. A, put another little check on the CNN ticker. A lot of, lot of symptoms there, Phil, of COVID. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter what symptoms you have. But, yeah, I mean, it's it sounds pretty, you know, high fever and body aches. Kind of just sounds like he has the flu. That's kind of how I feel, you know, whenever I have the flu. But it's I've, ne- I've heard of hypertension, which is when your blood pressure is too high. I've never heard of hypotension when yeah, you have that, low blood pressure. That was the first time I ever heard of that. I had to look it up. I'm like... Is this a typo or is this a thing? And it definitely is a thing. Yeah, kind of like hypothermia mm. when your body temperature is too low. Right. So so hypo anything must mean too low. Too low, yeah. All right. Now, after a few days, Clairvius's illnesses weren't showing any signs of improving. And he started to feel tingling sensations throughout his body and his lips started to turn blue. Now... Sadly, Clairvius would succumb to his diseases and pass away. His sister, Angelina, and Mary Claire were by his side. Keep this in mind. They were by his side when he died in the hospital. And the two sisters would even certify his death certificate. The following day, Clairvius' family would have him buried. And to anyone who literally watched this man be buried in the ground, you would assume this was just the end of the line for Clairvius. He died. He was buried. That's it. But much like the legend Keith Richards, Clairvius did not want to die quite so easily, Phil. Now, are you in the camp with me that Keith Richards might be an immortal? He is possibly four to five hundred years old. Yes, definitely. He, he is a Rolling Stones warlock. He will not die. Yes, just like in the Underworld movie, 
eventually he'll just go down into a tomb uh, <laughs> underground to, for him to sleep and regenerate. So I assume that's coming in the next few years. Somebody will have to like put blood in his mouth in a thousand years. And he'll, actually, no, yeah. not him. They'll probably put cocaine in his nose and he'll slowly <laughs> like come back to life. <laughs> they just take one of those uh, old-timey fucking things you used to spray plants with and just uh-huh. fucking put it pop him right in the face with cocaine or just come back to life. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, Keith Rich. He's got to die one of these fucking days. Holy <laughs> shit. Anyway, I think they were still touring up till a couple of years ago, but I honestly no. wouldn't doubt it. Obviously the Rolling Stones is like literally one of the biggest bands in the history. Um, so I'm yeah. sure they can ride that, uh, ride that for fucking till they actually do die. Gotta love that money. Now, According to Clairvius, even though he had died, he was completely aware of everything that was happening to him in the hospital, including he remembers when the doctors officially pronounced him as dead. He also claims that he was fully of fully aware of when they were putting him into the casket, his own casket, and burying him. Even though he claims that he was aware of what was going on, he was in a state that made him made it like unable for him to react. It made it unable he was unable to move, he was unable to speak. He just was like it was like watching your own life, but you can't do anything about it. And additionally, as proof, okay, Clairvius claims that he has a scar on his right cheek. Now he claims this is from when they put a nail in the coffin and they missed, I guess, and it struck him and cut him when he was in his own uh, casket there. So what do you feel about this so far, Phil? I mean, it's if if he had brought in from been brought in from alcohol poisoning and they kind of assumed that he was dead um, and then he got buried and it turns out he wasn't dead. I would be like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, this used to happen all the time. They, uh, so you've ever heard of, well, you know what the graveyard shift is, right? Uh, no. Is that where they, uh, when they used to hang the bells from the graves? Well, yeah, that's part of it. So the word graveyard shift came from, uh, men who would work at the graveyard overnight and they would listen for dead ringers, which is basically when they would, uh, hang a bell and a string down to the casket just in case the person woke up inside the casket and rang the bell. That's including why they used to have wakes uh, for Christian funerals for days before the the burial was just in case the person woke up before <laughs> they were buried. Yeah, that would uh, that'd be kind of terrifying. You're at a wake and old grandma or grandpa wakes up, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's uh, there was, I think it was, who was it? Um, maybe Edgar Allan Poe. But there was a kind of alcohol. Uh, so the standards on alcohol back in the 1800s obviously weren't very good. And sometimes a lot of it was like homemade and kind of shitty. A lot of the times you'd get a bad batch and you would end up basically in a coma so bad that they would think that you were dead. <laughs> so a lot of people they thought died from alcohol poisoning. But then, you know, a hundred years later, like there was an instance where on the Mississippi River, one of the town cemeteries had flooded out. And Ooh. there was a bunch of caskets that got um, uprooted from the ground and kind of sent down river. Well, when they found all those caskets, I guess there was one or two of them 
that had scratch marks inside the casket. Oh, terrifying. That might might just be a legend. That might just be an internet legend thing. I would have to do more research to actually, you know, find that. That could just be a, a, you know, scary Instagram thing I saw. But I do remember hearing about that. If you were buried alive um, and didn't have, like, the bell protruding, I feel like you would suffocate, right? Yeah, eventually after you woke up, you would, you know, obviously start screaming, and that would start taking all the the air that you have left out of the casket, so the oxygen. Yeah, that's probably why it's, like, a lot of people's worst fear. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, even worse, if you burn alive, you're pretty much... You know, your nerve endings would die pretty pretty immediately, and you would die quickly from suffocation. You might not even get burned while still alive because you might die of suffocation, you know, pretty quickly in a in a huge fire. Right. But being buried alive, it's just so futile. Like the feeling of it, almost like drowning, you know, but less calm. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, all right. So let's uh let's let's find out what uh allegedly happened to Clarvius after he was buried. So after his funeral, everyone left uh you know, like you do cuz they're supposed to be dead. Now according to Clarvius, that night a local bakor or voodoo sorcerer necromancer resurrected Clarvius's body. Now the reason the Bacor did this was to force Clarvius to work on his sugar plantation. According to Clarvius, the Bacor had an entire staff of alleged resurrected zombie slaves working for him. Uh, they were they would be fed a constant steady diet of, he says potions, I don't know, kind of zombie potions or something. Something that continuously kept all of these people uh, subservient to the necromancer. Now, seven and sevens. Is that all? Is that a necromancer's favorite drink there? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> I'm thinking the word potions, like what he could be meaning by it. Just a bunch <laughs> of cocktails. He just keeps I, on giving them, you know, feeding them alcohol. All slippery nipples. Uh, so, yep. so Clarvius claims that he was forced to work as a slave for the next two years and the spell wasn't broken until the Bacor who resurrected him died. Now, the interesting thing is the Bacor is thought to have died from either natural causes or some speculate that it's possible that the zombie slaves that he had resurrected actually had like a mutiny and then rose up and killed him. Either way, Clarvius was free of his spell after two years of having to live under his control. This is according to him. We'll kind of get how this whole story came out at the end. But um, I don't know. What what are you feeling at this point? It does kind of sound like the story of Jeff Jeff Bezos and the Amazon workers. (laughs) Kind of how they're trapped working at that horrible job until Jeff Bezos passes away either from natural causes or by you know being killed by his own (laughs) zombie slaves but yeah i mean it might be a situation where ah jesus he could be using drugs to kind of keep them subservient to him i don't know about the whole all of them were resurrected brought back to life to work on this sugar farm um 
Yeah, it's kind of I have I now that I've heard the sugar farm part of this, the plantation, I have heard this story before, but um definitely yeah, it's you only hear about this one person though. Are there any other of these zombie slaves who made it off the plantation? Or is it just uh, him? it's just him. It's just, just him. him? Okay. Yep. And we'll we'll kind of get into um that section here in a little bit. Clarivius has a little bit more of a story. Um, his story is actually kind of a long, very sad one, honestly. Um, mm. So uh, the the story after he kind of got away from the sugar plantation here gets a little weirder because uh, now that Clarivius isn't under the control of the necromancer, apparently he then decided to remain hidden for the next 18 years, okay? The reason he gave for remaining in hiding for 18 years is because Clarvius claims his own brother had actually sold his corpse to the Bacor uh, and allowed the Bacor to make or turn Clarvius into a zombie slave. So he decided to wait to show himself until his brother had actually died. That's why he says he remained in hiding for the next 18 oh. years. Which, if that's true, any of that's true, is that's horrific. Fuck, fuck that. I'm showing up the next day and looking at him, being like, hey, what kicking, the fuck? Kicking your brother's ass, dude. Oh, yeah, kicking the door down, fucking Thanksgiving dinner. Just whammo. Guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, that's the, uh, I mean, it's awfully nice of him. Yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't say if his brother was like... Had powers or something. It just, I don't know, he's terrified of them. Um, cause he, and it's not even like confirmed necessarily that his brother sold him out, but maybe he did. I don't know. We don't, we really, we really have, no, we have no idea, honestly. Um, but if, go ahead. If, I was going to say, if I'm thinking like skeptically, like I, the, the whole 18 years thing, you kind of do have to explain, like, well, so he's been dead now, supposedly, for 20 years. The two years that he was working on the, the plantation and the 18 years, you do have, kind of have to explain, well, that guy, that, you know, that a necromancer died 18 years ago. Like, where have you been? Like, oh, I've been hiding because maybe my brother, you know, it's one of those deals where if it was a fraud or, you know, he was, you know, trying to make up this story claiming that he's been in hiding for 18 years would explain, you know, why he didn't come around. But it's kind of, I, I don't know what the end game would be for claiming that you were this dead man though. So, well, we, uh, once we finish here, we're, <laughs> we'll try to figure that out. I have no idea if we'll be able to, um, okay. but, but anyway, so essentially how this whole story gets out is allegedly after his brother dies. Clarvius decides to venture into the Lester market, uh, where he would ultimately end up running into his sister, Angelina. Now, Angelina, as I would assume anyone <laughs> would be, suspecting your brother's been dead for, like you said, 20 fucking years, and this yes. guy walks up and is like, hey, I'm your brother, you're probably going to be a little bit in shock. So... But he apparently, um, Clarvius was able to reassure Angelina that, hey, I'm your brother. 
because he kept referencing childhood nicknames that they had called each other that only them two would know, which I guess is a good way to kind of prove that you are who you say you are. Um, now, they're, they yeah. kind of just re- reunite the family, right? Um, and they just live normal lives, and Clarvius would go on to live an additional eight, or 14 years after reuniting with his sister before he finally died for real this time. Um, so at this point, do you have any opinions? We're going to be obviously talking about what we think happened, kind of speculating there, but you've kind of heard this whole story before, correct? Yeah, I have heard this whole story. Um, there is something called cold reading where you kind of like street magicians, you see the like the famous ones on YouTube. Um, and there's that movie Catch Me If You Can. They kind of look yeah. for little signs and signals, things like that. There's things where you can make it seem like you know something, even though you're just looking for signals, like trying to guess like the the childhood nicknames or something oh, like that. Oh, I see. Uh, you would definitely need more than just childhood nickname for each other. It'd have to be a situation where you see, like like he was saying, he was proving it with scars that he had. Like, oh, I have the scar on my cheek from when they, you know, hit me while I was in the coffin, that kind of stuff. So well, it would take a little bit more than knowing a childhood nickname. So two, I didn't really mention this yet, but... They, uh, even though initially that's kind of how he proved to his sister that it was him there, there is expert scientists or whatever that did go in there and actually validate. They are siblings like that is her brother. Okay. So it is confirmed. Gotcha. So it must've been, well, what he died in the sixties, 20 years later would have been the eighties, 14 years would have been. Came back in 82, 82. And then died 14 years after that, which I think is like 96. 96. Yeah. So, I mean, DNA would have been in its infancy, obviously, like from the OJ Simpson trial. They just barely had DNA. Um, they didn't map out the human genome yet. But, yeah, I mean, they could. It's one of those deals where it's, you know, it's not certain science at that point but they could say that there's a high probability i suppose yeah um yeah i i imagine i don't know it's kind of weird it's it is one of those situations where you wonder if maybe in the i'm speculating but you wonder if maybe in the hospital possibly this necromancer might have had an in at the hospital and he's drugging people they think that the person died when really he just you know digs them up, wakes them up and, you know, turns them into uh, his sugar plantation, a slave. Yep. That uh, kind of deal. That is probably our last uh, explanation we're going to go into. Um, oh shit. Sorry. No, no, no. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. I'll, we'll kind of go into like the proof that that could actually be a very real possibility, which is a very scary, real possibility. Um, but let's start from probably the most unlikely thing that actually happened to Clarvius is he actually did die. He was resurrected by a necromancer and then he was enslaved to work on this guy's sugar plantation and he is a actual real zombie. How do you feel about that one, Phil? Um, yeah, it's, 
geez, it's it's digging pretty deep and the whole paranormal yeah. is real bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there's shit about, you know, shit about those uh, those religions and uh, their magical potions that we just don't understand, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the medicine that we have now is total dog shit. Everyone knows that you need the the natural shit. So, but yeah, um, it would be. You said that he lived another. So after dying, fourteen plus that twenty four. So he had lived thirty four years after dying. So it's quite that's a few. An, I mean, twenty two. No, I'm saying that's quite a few additional years to be living. Oh, you cut out there. I thought you said that's 22. Um, yeah, that is quite a few years to live after you died. So I wonder if they could do any kind of, well, I suppose, shit, 20 years after the fact, if there was any, if they could maybe even open up the the casket and try to see if his body was still in there. I mean, uh, I yeah, they could. I'm pretty sure he is <laughs> in there. The second time. <laughs> oh, no. What I mean is at the time when ah. uh, when he came back and claimed to be Clarius. If you gotcha. could just go, okay, well, we're going to we're going to dig up the grave and see if anyone's in there. You know, that sort of situation. I, You know what I noticed about looking into this case? A lot of fucking every website I go to basically just regurgitates the exact same story. And even after he's discovered, like... There's not a whole lot to it after that. Yeah, it's almost like everyone just keeps echoing what they've already been fed. And like not not that it's a real story. Per, not that it's a real story per se, but it's like um what do they call that? Just like a fun tale to tell. Yeah, kind of like a folklore urban legend. Yeah. Um especially jeez. You would you would think that some of these people, like you would think that there would be some follow-up. It's not like this happened 400 years ago. You know, he died <laughs> yeah. in the 90s. You know what I mean? Like you would think that like the internet was just around the corner, cell phones, camera phones. Um, you would think that like he probably has nieces and nephews that are very much still alive. So. Well, here's the thing. 96. Biggie just got killed. Biggie's going to be the biggest story. True. Oh, Yeah. And the Macarena was sweeping the nation. So got to remember that too. Very, very true. Yeah, That's definitely. very true. Um, okay, let's let's kind of move on to these other ones here. Uh, the second possibility that I kind of thought up with is what if he just, Clarice just somehow managed to fake his own death? Okay. Now there is a few problems with this. Uh, kind of the biggest thing is... Uh, Let's say he faked his own death. He was hiding for all this time for some reason, running away from something. I don't know, whatever. And he he got the idea of becoming a zombie because obviously zombies were part of the voodoo religion. Not only that, Night of the Living Dead had came out two years prior to his whole scenario. So zombies were in the world. Zombies were becoming a big thing. But from what I read is... If somebody in the Haitian religious culture was to claim that they had been a zombie or were a zombie, you would be ostracized from your community for doing that. So, not to say 
people aren't willing to do things like that, but it seems like a very unlikely case that he would go to all this trouble to fake his death and claim he was a zombie. Well, I do remember I heard a podcast where they were talking about Haitian religion. Either it was basically whenever someone would die, they would hold almost like they would hold the the funeral processions out of their home. And then what they would do is they would board up the door and then create a door on the other side of the house to make it so that the if the dead person came back to life, they wouldn't be able to get in because the door that they remembered wouldn't be there anymore. Right. Is that, did you hear about this? No, I didn't hear about all that. Okay. I was, I'm pretty sure that it, it is Haiti or that kind of like in there, um, just really like a fear of people coming back to life. Yeah. So I can assume that if people think that this person's a zombie, then you definitely wouldn't want them around if right. you have this, you know, kind of fear of it. Right. So. Right. I, honestly, that if we, st- like not necessarily that we're worried about people coming back to life, but wakes are still a very real thing. Um, is it just Catholics who do that or is it kind of all Christians who do that? From what I know, it's mostly the Catholics. There was, well, right, right now, if you go to a wake, it's only a few hours and it's kind of like the, the preamble to the funeral, which is maybe like the next day or in the next couple of days, basically the funeral is not as much a social situation. You mostly have like a mass and then you have the burial. And then maybe afterwards there might be, you know, sandwiches or donuts or whatnot in the church basement uh, for anyone who showed up to the funeral. But the wake is kind of a more social thing. But from what I've heard, and there's actually a really funny song. It's an old song from Ray Stevens called Sitting Up with the Dead, where basically what happens is, when it, like his grandfather dies sitting up. So they basically have to strap his corpse down into the, uh, into the coffin. But then at the <laughs> wake, there's a thunderstorm and the cat's freaking out. And all of a sudden the straps break and the, you know, the corpse of his grandfather sits up like very suddenly, like springs up like a recliner type situation. <laughs> it's pretty but, funny. Yeah. So basically a wake though, used to be where somebody had to be with the body until the burial was how it used to go. Okay, just to make sure they're actually dead. Pretty much. Or, you know, maybe it was just tradition for everyone to kind of say their last goodbyes or, or you know, keep the body company. A lot of There was a lot of superstition back then that we really, you know, thankfully don't have anymore. Well, yeah, there's a, I mean, honestly, if we're being real, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of religions who have, kind of uh, ceremonies similar to that because I'm assuming before you could actually like what without certainty tell someone was actually dead probably was a lot of accidental uh, death death uh, declarations oh yeah especially with drunken doctors (laughs) you know barely being fucking coherent while they were, right. you know, they just pronounced someone dead just because they're trying to find their pulse on their veins, but they totally miss. And they're just like, Oh yep, And it's fucking dead. <laughs> I'm going to go get a scotch. You know, just, ah, uh, sounds like my doctor. All right. Let me, let's talk. What are you, what are you my cook? <laughs> I always trust a chef slash doctor. That's uh, those are the best ones. Definitely. Now, uh, let's kind of talk about the third and probably 
most realistic one. And this is kind of the one that you kind of are alluding to. Um, and I, I find this very, very interesting. So basically, um, the third explanation is what I would consider probably my worst nightmare and an extremely fucking dark one. So some speculate that the alleged uh, Bacor, a.k.a. Necromancer, had some sort of a poisonous mixture that allowed him to continuously keep people in a sort of vegetated state so he could then force them to work on his plantation. Now, this seems plausible, but it does have, it does seem plausible, but uh, let's see about the kind of scientific research that was done in this particular phenomena. In 1982, a 28-year-old Harvard, Harvard grad by the name of Wade Davis traveled to Haiti after he heard this story and kind of tried to figure out his initial hypothesis was there had to be some sort of zombie poison, zombie something another um, that was doing this to people that particularly did this to uh, Clairvius. So he went there to kind of try to try to figure out what this thing was. Um, Mm. So that's kind of what you're alluding to. And I'm going to kind of go into what Mr. Wade Davis found because he found some very interesting, interesting things. Um, He, he basically traveled all around Haiti and he spoke with several different Bacors who gave him kind of their recipe to do this to people. And there's a lot of variants in their recipes. Some include included toads, some included tree frogs, snakes, lizards, centipedes, uh, or sea worms. But in every single recipe that was reoccurring, and there was three main ingredients, charred or human ground up uh, human bones, plants with irritating hairs, spines, or toxic resins, plants that had calcium oxalate crystals or would this is going to be the most important item in their little zombie poison mixture and that is puffer fish uh, which, which is a paralytic if you yeah uh, if you eat the poisonous part of a push puffer fish i believe that's a a paralytic uh toxin yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna yeah. be talking about mr puffer fish very dangerous, exceedingly dangerous. Now, before I explain this thing, uh, obviously the big joke is you go to Japan and eat the, quote, safe safe parts of this fish. Would you be brazen enough to try it? Only if the sushi, only if the chef was an older gentleman, but not like too old. Like I want him to be like, in his mid fifties as if he's been, you know, doing this for like 30 years, but he's not so old that he's getting the shakes and accidentally right. cutting off the wrong piece. So I want him to be a veteran, but you know, still, uh, still a million dollar veteran. Would you trust not chef- an over the hill? Would you trust, trust chef Ramsey? I would trust chef Ramsey, not chef uh, Fieri. I would not trust <laughs> him. Yeah. I, <laughs> unless it was deep fried, then very much so him. He'll take you to Flavortown with his fucking <laughs> puffer fish there. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, all right. Now, like we kind of talked about, and you said a paralytic, the puffer fish is kind of the most 
interesting ingredient to this mixture. Um, it contains something known as a tetrodotoxin, which is a very, very potent poison, 500 times more lethal than cyanide. And as someone who has read a lot of true crime, cyanide is very dangerous for you. So you can about imagine how toxic this shit is. Um, very, very popular, very hard to detect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terror. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, it doesn't take very much cyanide to kill you. And if this shit is 500 times more potent than that, holy fuck. Yes. Um, so the tetrodotoxin uh, poisoning symptoms include, if we remember from the very beginning of the episode, hypothermia. Astatol, which is apparently just what they call flatlining, and paralysis that leaves you in a coma-like state, and it can slow down your heart rate so much, you might appear like you're dead. Basically, what this could mean is, like you said, maybe this Bakur, or maybe even Clarvis's brother, sold him out, and they were dosing him with this shit. They thought he was dead, he was buried, then the Bakur dug him up, kept drugging him, and forced him into labor, labor, and maybe all these other people on the farm, he had done the exact same shit to him. Yes. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's crazy to think about, but you're not thinking about, like, this is not the United States, obviously, uh, and it's not even Haiti, like, nowadays. This is Haiti, you know, 70 years ago. Yeah. So I could very much see this, uh, may possibly happening still. Uh, well, not still today, but I like I could see this happening back then, uh, very much more obviously than an actual zombie. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing because all of those things, it's hypothermia, flatlining, paralysis, coma-like state, all of those things, if a doctor back then before they could take like really good like you know brain waves or, get a really good like heart rate from the machines that we have. Like back then they would just immediately think, Oh, he's dead. Like, right. Yeah. I've seen right. this before. It's fucking stiff. Right. You know, it's, uh, that's what I said, dude. That's like my worst fucking, Oh, that, that's so horrible. If that had to happen to anybody, like you're just kept in a drug state and you can't do anything. Yeah. And it might also explain too, why he claims to have been awake. Yeah. During all of this. Because it's not like he was, you know, completely unconscious. If he no. was in a coma-like state or like completely paralyzed to the point where he couldn't move at all, but right. still awake, that right. would be even more terrifying. Because you're just screaming at people like, I'm not dead, as they're, you know, bagging you up, basically. Yeah, that's fucking horrific. Yeah, he's lucky they didn't do an autopsy. Oh, don't even say that. That's even they worse. Just, they would have they would have immediately just started. They would have cut open his chest and just started spreading his ribs, pretty much, or mm. sawing through them. Mm. That wouldn't have been good. Yeah. So, um, obviously, I I I don't think he was a real zombie. But if you're being drugged like that, certainly can keep you in a zombie, a vegetated zombie state, right? Oh yeah, definitely. For just long, it must have been. Oh man, I mean, you said that they buried him pretty much like really quick, like the next day or two yep. afterwards. Yep. Yeah, if they would have waited a week, 
he probably would have woken up in the funeral home. Right. Yeah, it was but, basically he went to the hospital two days later. He was dead. And then one day later he was buried. And then the same night he was buried, he was dug up. Yes. Yeah. So apparently they weren't using any uh, stuffing in him. They weren't no. uh, draining his fluids and no. filling him back up. So they were just kind of burying his uh, corpse as is. So, okay. Yeah. In, in uh, like in the U.S., he would probably have woken up in the freezer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that probably would have kept slowing his heart rate, too, if he was, like, in a morgue freezer, too, right? Oh, definitely. And you're looking at PTSD for the poor fucking mortuary workers. That would be... Fuck, could you imagine if you were Ooh. just hanging out, like, maybe, you know, dolling up one of the corpses, all of a sudden you start hearing somebody kicking, trying to kick out of the fucking, uh, those, those horizontal freezers? That would be oh my God. terrifying. Start singing a fucking Keith Richards song. <laughs> fucking terrifying. <laughs> now, okay, so um, is that, are you kind of in agreement? You think that's probably what happened to him? If this actually did happen, then that's yes. I think that likely. this would be probably the most likely situation. Obviously, most likely situation, I think it's just a tall tale. I think it's yeah. just an old wives' tale. Um, you know, something coming from the, you know, uh, like a story that kind of just got kicked around like the mystics, you know? Right. Right. I, I, I think I could agree to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you think though? Okay. Putting Clarvius aside and his story, do you think there might be a day where we have figured out how to reanimate corpses? I mean, compared to a hundred, 200 years ago, we already, you know, are so much better at reanimating, like bringing people back to life. If you really think about it, even something as simple as CPR, like wasn't done 200 years ago. Right. Um, there were, there's things, um, you know, basically putting someone on a ventilator or having, you know, a machine kind of pump your heart for you, like while you're in surgery, all of that stuff would be considered you know, basically bringing someone back to life 200 years ago. So, I mean, hell, in some situations, even the stuff that we have now 50 years ago would seem like fucking magic, really. So knowing that someone is like just knowing that there's a difference between brain dead and, you know, dead, dead. Yeah. That kind of situation. Yeah. So I think it um, was I think it was literally last year where someone the uh, it was a pig's brain, I think, was dead, and they had something to bring the brain back alive. Like, obviously, the pig wasn't alive, but, the, like, the brain was still alive for a little bit longer. Like, it was dead, and then they brought it back. Yeah, it's, I mean, who knows what they're going to have in 50 years. It's one of those situations right. where, like, when the singularity happens, and all of our consciousness gets downloaded into a fucking supercomputer, Yeah. Uh, who knows what the definition of life is even going to be in a hundred years. You know what I mean? Like, well, we're all going to power on in the morning and see that Amazon uh, logo in our eyes. And we'll, we'll know uh, we're all enslaved to Jeffrey Bezos. Definitely. Oh yeah. I, I can't wait for it. <laughs> Being alive in a thousand years, voting Biden. There you go. 30, 24. I uh, know Obama, Obama's coming back. 
Um, Obama. He'll still be a real corp. He'll still be a real person, though. He'll just be the time travel. You know, <laughs> he might be from thirty twenty four. Who knows? He might be. I actually remember that shit documentary we watched. Um, the time traveler from thirty thirty five. Oh yes, yeah, uh, classic. I, I saw someone on TikTok was trying to say that was a real documentary. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cute. That's, yeah, it was, that's what it, it was. It's so clearly fake. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, uh, before we get out of here, Phil, we need to thank some of our patrons here. Um, I want to thank you all for supporting us. Uh, any amount, any donation that you give to the show, we greatly appreciate. We're kind of um, figuring out what we're going to do with donations as far as upgrading equipment or getting uh, new merchandise, things like that. We, we've been slipping a little bit on a new, on a new uh, Patreon-exclusive audio movie review. We'll, uh, we'll try to get to that next week, I think. We'll, we'll try to aim for that. Um, we want to thank, give a, a special shout-out to our newest Patreon, uh, General Lee. He, he does communicate with Phil and I. Uh, we talk to him when we can. Very nice gentleman. He has a podcast coming out. Yeah, it's uh, called Subconscious Realms, and I guess he's actually going to be dropping a new, uh, his first ever episode in a couple of weeks here. So we're all pretty excited to uh, hear that. He's been talking to us to for uh, quite a bit now. So Yeah, so uh, good luck on your endeavors, sir, and good luck to anybody else who decides, I'm bored, I'm going to start a podcast because that's how Phil and I got here, and I hope that's how you guys all get here. As well. Now, Phil, if they want to, if any zombies out there want to reach out to us, where can they do that? Well, they can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's great to hear from everybody. You know, love all of the kind words and, you know, uh, even the ideas for shows. It's great to hear from everybody. Uh, probably even better way to get a hold of us, though, is on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, appreciate all of the likes all of the shares, you know, everyone come in and, you know, even just getting a hold of us. It's great. I love to hear about it. Cody and I both have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is sdpodphil. Cody, you got one? Yeah. Uh, you can follow my personal Instagram at Cody's above. I'm not going to lie to you. Haven't been checking it nearly as often as I used to once a day. So if I don't respond immediately, I do apologize. I will get back to you eventually. Um, if you are bored and like sending funny videos you can follow me on tiktok as well at the same handle cody zabub uh the last thing we request that you guys do zombie or not is to log on to itunes leave the show a five star review doesn't really matter what you say just as long as it's a five star review um the if you're a spotify user which a lot of you are all you got to do is hit that follow button and it will shoot us up the charts which we greatly appreciate because we love talking about weird conspiracy shit and allowing more people to hear our bullshit. So thank you, everybody, who has done that. Otherwise, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>